up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers, and this week in pro wrestling, there was, dare I say, way too much wrestling. <laughs> Goddamn. So we're recording this episode on Saturday evening. I just finished watching the WWE Clash at the Castle pay-per-view and tomorrow morning, we've got Worlds Collide. Tomorrow night is all out. It's just so much wrestling in a two-day period. Not to mention, you know, Monday through Friday, there's always wrestling on. And, and I love wrestling. And I know for a long time, people talked about how they wanted options and, and they wanted alternatives. And we just wanted more wrestling. And boy, is that a double-edged sword because this is, is it's, it's overwhelming. I got to say, this is probably one of the first times since probably the first episode of Main Event Heat that I have felt overwhelmed doing an episode. And, you know, we're going to we're going to get into that a little bit more in a little bit and stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear a little sneak preview of the future, I guess you could say, of Main Event Heat. We're going to be changing some things up in the very near future as we approach Season 3 of Main Event Heat, but we'll get to that after we finish everything up. Let's go ahead and start this with the WWE Clash at the Castle show review. This is the first full-on WWE review I have done in quite a while, and I got to tell you, right out of the gate, I got, it's not a bad show. Not a bad show whatsoever, and I'm, I'm kind of happy that I did sit down and watch it. So let's go ahead and get started. First things first, the pre-show. I didn't want to talk about the pre-show. You know, I don't really like talking about pre-show matches too awful much and because I don't want it to affect the final grade. There was a pre-show match. The Street Profits and Riddick Moss teamed up against Alpha Academy and Austin Theory. The Babyface team went over. It was a decently fun match. It was a, it was a good job of getting the crowd hyped up for everything that was to come later in the evening. But, yeah, that's I'm not, I don't have a grade for it. It's not going to affect the final grade of the show. Uh, there was one thing during the pre-show, uh, I guess, panel that I wanted to bring up that really pissed me off. They were previewing the Edge and Rey Mysterio match against Judgment Day, and Rosenberg said that Rey and Edge have never teamed together, and he's a fucking idiot because they were tag team champions like 20 years ago. He is outside of his goddamn mind. I believe Rey's first, I don't know if it was his first championship in WWE, but definitely his first tag team championship win, I believe, was with Edge. So yeah, that's he's dumb, and they need to, they need to maybe do a little bit of fucking research before they go and spout shit like that. But anyway, let's get on to the main show. I promise it goes up from here. Opening match is Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka taking on Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky. A hot crowd throughout. Every time Bailey got in the ring, they all sang. It was it was very fun. I love I love the uh, United Kingdom crowd so much. A lot of good work between these two teams, especially the stuff between Asuka and Io. They had some really really great exchanges in this match, and the offense was there. Like as far as just being a fucking match goes, this was really really good. Uh, a, a couple of complaints. One, and I harp on this every time I talk about Bianca Belair, but if she does not cut her hair after this match, then in kayfabe, she's a fucking idiot because her her hair is basically the reason that uh, that they lost. 
you know, her hair is really, or she got tied up in the ropes with it. And she, you know, she got pulled down because of her hair. Like if you keep your hair, knowing that it is a detriment, you're going to lose matches because of it. It is stupid to have it. So just in kayfabe, she looks like a fucking idiot for continuing with it. But outside of that, it was just a really fucking long match. Like I, I, I think it went, it went almost 20 minutes. I think if they would have shaved five or six minutes off of this, I would have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. But there was a lot of, like I said earlier, a lot of great action throughout. Uh, the heels wind up going over with a little bit of teamwork. And it was really good heat, I think, for Bailey and company. And solid-ass match. Great way to open the show. I gave it a B. After that, we have got the Intercontinental title between Sheamus and Walter. Sheamus has never won the IC title. That's been the big story going into this. And they're looking out, you know, we're in, we're in Wales, we're close to, to, to Seamus's home of Ireland, maybe this will be when he, he wins it. Uh, not exactly what happened, but a really good match. The, one of the big high spots for me was just before the match even started, uh, Imperium is back together. Fabian Eichner came back and joined Marcel Bartel and Walter. I, I don't even bother fucking remembering what their new names are because I don't like any of them. So forgive me if I keep using their governments. I, I apologize. But anyway, uh, yeah, before the match even officially gets underway, the, uh, the guys from Imperium and the guys that are with Sheamus just start brawling while Walter and Sheamus are just fucking staring daggers into each other's hearts in the center of the ring. Then once they clear the ring, the bell rings, and then those two get going. Uh, really, really good. A lot of taters getting thrown in this match. These boys was hella stiff with each other. Walter goes over with a lariat after quite a few pretty convincing hope spots from Sheamus. But uh, I got to say, once again, I think this one went a little too long. It was it was almost 20 minutes itself. You could have knocked between five and 10 minutes off of this one. I think it would have been perfect. But it, like I said, it was stiff. Very good wrestling between these two. And honestly, I'd love to see these two wrestle again. I think that Sheamus could still get that IC title off of. He could be the guy that gets it off of Walter. Just, I guess, tonight wasn't the night. But, yeah, I really did enjoy this match, though. Outside of it being a little too long, that was really the only complaint I had. But, yeah, I give it a B plus. After that, we get a random video package for the Usos that goes absolutely nowhere. They do this all throughout the show. I think there was a video package for Cody as well. Like, they do this all, all throughout WWE shows. Like, they give these video packages for these established stars that that absolutely say nothing. It does. It's not saying, oh, they're going to be here tonight, or, oh, returning next week, or they've got a fucking show coming out. It's just literally, oh, hey, you guys know the Usos? Hey, check this out. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> After that, we get the SmackDown women's title match between Liv Morgan and Shayna Baszler. Probably my least favorite match on the show. I'm not going to lie to you. This is just a whole lot of Liv getting her ass kicked, which has basically been the story. The story of her being champion is that she, even though she is champion, she's the champion because she's lucky and not because she is as good as anybody else in the women's division because everybody else in the women's division just beats the fuck out of her constantly. So, yeah, I mean, that was a big part of the story. Shayna just, just beats the living fuck out of Liv. There was a really cool sequence where Liv does a powerbomb and stacks up Shayna for the pin. Shayna kicks out and flips Liv over into a rear naked choke. I thought that looked clean as fuck. That was really nice. But shortly after that, Liv goes over clean, which was kind of a shock that they actually let her, not one, they let her have a clean win, and two, the clean win came after getting her fucking tits kicked in for how long? 11 minutes. 
But uh, this is the one match where the timing wasn't a problem. It definitely didn't go too long, in my opinion. The first match on the night, that didn't go too long. But it was just, yeah, you know, I just, I wasn't as into it uh, as some of the other matches on the show. But I still gave it a B- minus because the things that they did do were executed very well. After that, Rey Mysterio and Edge, the former tag team champions, Rosenfuck, take on Judgment Day, the team of Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I, once again, not super into this match for the most part. When we got towards the end, I think that it finally got a little more interesting for me. Uh, it was a lot of seeing the greatest hits from Edge and Rey Mysterio just doing a lot of their signatures. Edge actually hits a 619 at one point. That was pretty impressive. The babyfaces popped the crowd with back-to-back -back finishers on Balor to get the win. They wanted to give the crowd something fun, and that's exactly what they accomplished. I have a feeling that, and, and I wrote this, I'm, I'm reading exactly what I wrote, but I wind up uh, going back on my words immediately. As they're celebrating, I said, I have a feeling that this feud isn't over, though, as it felt like there wasn't much story development here. And then I type, then right after I type this, Dominic Mysterio hits Edge in the dick, then Lariat's his pops. Huh, I wonder what's next. So... <laughs> Absolutely, like, without that ending, I wasn't super invested in anything that they were doing because, like, it felt like this should have been the end of that feud because it seems like it's been going on forever. But then, like, nothing in the match showed that it was the end of the feud, and I'm like, God, this is going to get so stale so fast. But then, yeah, Dominic Mysterio takes Edge to Dick Kick City and then hits a pretty fucking solid lariat on his dad and fucks off to the back. So I guess there is more story to tell. Just like the Liv and Shayna match, not my favorite match on the show, but what they did was pretty fucking good, and the crowd loved it, so B-. minus. After that, we have got Seth Rollins versus Matt Riddle. A lot of impressive athleticism by both of these guys. Uh, I was decently invested into this match. I, I like, like In the first half of this match, I was I was very much invested in what was going on. Then there was this amazing sequence where Riddle hits Rollins with the bro to sleep, then immediately with a powerbomb, and then nails him with a flying knee, and Seth kicks out. And that was just such a perfect sequence that should have been the finishing sequence, and Seth kicked out, and I literally typed, now I don't care what happens next, because by that point, it was very clear that they were trying to have a takeover match and just, just false finish after false finish after false finish. Which, I think there's a time and a place for that, but I've even, over the past few years, I've definitely grown tired of the countless false finishes and, and those quote-unquote takeover-style matches. But, like I said a minute ago, impressive athleticism. What these guys did, they did very, very well. Seth does wind up picking the win up with a top-rope curb stomp that looked pretty good. Actually looked like uh, gave Riddle a little bit of a hematoma over his eye. Um, it, was, it was a good match. It was a good match, and, you know, I felt like, the thing is, when I was watching, I felt like it was longer than it actually was. It was 17 minutes, according to Wikipedia. It felt like it was a half an hour. It felt like it was way fucking longer than 17 minutes, just because of the constant false finishes, and I was just so spent halfway through the match. But it was really good. These guys did work together really, really well. I've always loved Matt Riddle, like, when he was on the Indies, and even a little bit of his NXT run, but, I mean... Obviously, I haven't watched too much of the WWE in the last few years. I have tried picking up more on it recently because there have been some interesting things going on. And yeah, I'm just not not super into Riddle on the show, but I think that he was really good here. And I think these two had a fantastic match. I gave it a B 
you know, I, I, I would have given it a higher score if it would have ended sooner because I just really, really liked that sequence. And that was a perfect finishing sequence, but I still give it a B. It was, it was a very good match. These guys did a good job. After that, we have got the WWE title, Roman Reigns versus Drew Mack. Big old hero's welcome for Drew McIntyre as he comes out to the ring. Roman, in the early going of this match, does such a good job of selling Drew as a threat. Like, it's for the first time ever, Roman realizes that he's just a mortal. You know, because the people of Cardiff are treating, treating Drew like he's a god. And Roman always thought he was a god going into this match like he was the guy and then for the first time since he's held that belt for the last two years he finally sees somebody that's like oh fuck i think i fucked up because he doesn't have any backup now of course that changed a little bit at the end of the match we'll get into it but i really liked how roman sold for drew in the early goings of this this was that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed that um, early in the match, we see Killer Cross and his too hot to be real wife sitting at ringside. They try fucking with Drew McIntyre, but that winds up not really going anywhere after that. I thought they were going to have something to do with the finish, but they didn't. These guys are definitely, and I noticed this very early in the match, they're working smarter and not harder. They are living proof that sometimes less is more. They are not doing anything super crazy in this match. Like a fucking, just a standard vertical suplex exchange got a huge fucking pop from the live crowd. Like these guys were doing such a good job of that less is more trope for sure. A ref bump leads to Austin Theory coming out to the ring to try to cash in his money in the bank, but then Tyson Fury sleeps him before he can. Kind of wild to me how they, they, they are constantly going out of their way to bury Austin Theory. It's so funny because, like, just a few months ago, whenever Vince was in charge, like, Theory was the guy, and we're like, oh, man, he's going to be the next big thing in this fucking company. And since Triple H has been in charge, he's like, no, I'm going to make this dude look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and that's been, that's been kind of wild to watch. Like, I, it, it, it seems weird to me how often they want to bury this fucking guy. You know, it's just, did he piss somebody off backstage? I don't get it because they are fucking destroying this dude's chances, I can tell you that. Uh, anyway, after that, Solo Sokoa shows up to fuck on Drew. He grabs his ankle and distracts him so that Roman Reigns can hit him with a spear to retain the belt. Uh, Solo Sokoa looks like he's going to be joining the Usos and the Bloodline. I believe he's their little brother, I think. So, yeah, we've got that going on, I guess. I think if there was ever a time to put the belt on Drew, though, I think it would have been on this show. You know, the, the crowd was so hot for it. And I think it would have been, I mean, I, I wouldn't have kept the belt on him long. I probably would have put it back on range shortly after, but I don't know. Just, it really felt like this would have been the time to put it on Drew. And it just seems really odd to me that they didn't. I just, I hope that there is a plan in place for when Roman does eventually get dethroned. Because at this point in time, it's like, fuck, if Drew doesn't do it, who's going to fucking do it? I don't know. So I think that that fucks up Drew's momentum pretty bad. But outside of that, it was a good match. It was, once again, just like some other ones that I complain about on here, very long. You know, they had six matches on the main show, and they all got a lot of time. But I did enjoy this match. Uh, uh, outside of it being long and outside of me not quite understanding why they went with the finish that they did, I really did like it. So I gave it a B plus. After the match, a little bit of... Bonus content. I don't know if they realized they were still filming because it seemed like some house show shit. 
But Tyson Fury gets in the ring with Drew McIntyre and sings along, does a little sing along, sings fucking what he's saying, uh, bye bye, Miss American Pie. And then fucking Drew gets on the mic and at first says he wants to sing Sweet Caroline, but then they don't sing Sweet Caroline. Instead, he goes into Don't Look Back in Anger from Oasis. I At least that's from a fucking British band. Like, why the fuck? I don't understand the Miss American Pie sing along. Like, that just seemed. Is that like a huge song over in Wales? Is anybody listening to the show in Wales or anywhere else in the UK that can, that can help me out with this one? Like, I, that just seems so odd and you know that 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 has nothing to do with the outcome of the match i already gave the match a b plus because you know the bell had already rang but yeah i think all this stuff with tyson fury in in the ring with with drew at the end was kind of fucking cringy but overall though good fucking show like it really felt like a souped up house show and that's that's not bad that is not a bad thing whatsoever i i enjoyed it first time i have enjoyed a wwe show this much in a very long time, and it gets a very solid grade. I give it a B overall. Very fun show. What can I say? But that is just the first of three pay-per-views this weekend. We're going to preview the next two pay-per-views and just talk about maybe a couple of predictions. But let's go ahead and talk about Worlds Collide first. Uh, not super into this. I haven't been really into NXT for quite a while, honestly, since they went to NXT 2.0, but I'm hoping that they change some stuff up here soon just to spice it up. And it looks like they probably are doing that because the NXT UK talent that they want to keep looks like they're coming over to uh, NXT proper. So let's see what happens there. But the card is interesting. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but let's go ahead and go over it anyway. Carmelo Hayes is going to defend the NXT North American title against Ricochet. Probably a lot of flippy shit in that match. Sure, it'll be a lot of fun. After that, there is a fatal four-way tag team elimination match to unify the NXT and NXT UK tag team titles. The Creed Brothers, who are the NXT champions, will face Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, the NXT UK champions, and they will also defend against Gallus and Pretty Deadly. So I guess whoever wins this match is going to get both the NXT tag titles and NXT UK tag titles. Um, I don't know who's going to win this. Uh, maybe the Creed brothers. I don't know. They seem like they're pretty high on those guys. I probably, I don't know if there's anybody I would prefer really. Like I'm not super high on either one of these tag teams. Gallus more than anybody, I guess. But even then I'm not, I'm not that high on Gallus, but yeah, I don't know. My prediction is probably Creed brothers win this. I didn't give a prediction for the NXT North American title match. Probably let's just go ahead and say Ricochet. Why not? He's not doing anything else. After that, we have got a tag team match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Katana Chance and Caden Carter defending against Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. I I don't know. I kind of hope that uh, Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. win the belts and then completely change their characters right after they do. Like maybe go back to Nikki Cross and, and Viper Nevin. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I'm not super high on Katana and Caden. I think that... It was weird because, like, the only women's tag team that I thought was viable as a tag team champions was Toxic Attraction. But then I also feel NXT was probably feeling the pressure. Like, fuck, we've had the belt on these girls for a long time. We need to figure something out. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they've done a great job of building up other female tag teams, which has been a problem on the uh, 
has been a problem on WWE proper for a long time, so it doesn't surprise me that's an issue here. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Dewdrop and Nikki win? Uh, who knows? That's not very invested in this one. WWE has made sure that people don't get super invested in their women's tag team division. But yeah, I guess my hope is that Dewdrop and Nikki win and then do something about their characters because both of them have pretty... Pretty awful characters that I don't think will fit in very well to the future of the WWE. After that, we've got a triple threat match to unify the NXT and NXT UK Women's Championships as the NXT champion Mandy Rose takes on the NXT UK champion Mako Satamora and Blair Davenport. Uh, this is another one, man. I don't really know. Like Mandy, I think is the favorite for this one. Mako, I got to tell you, I'm surprised Mako Satamora is still wrestling. She's been going for a long ass time. I haven't watched her wrestle in a couple of years, so I, I'm sure she can still go with the best of them. But like this, this doesn't really seem like a, a spot where you would want to put both titles on Mako because I don't know how well she would do. With the American audience, I know the British audience has always given her nothing but respect. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if she would have the same appeal with the American audience. So I think Mandy's probably the safe bet. It, I don't know. Blair Davenport would be interesting, but I also feel like, you know, I, I, I haven't watched NXT UK in years, so I don't know how well they were building her up over there. But she kind of just showed up to my uh, my recollection. She kind of just showed up on NXT 2.0 recently and hasn't really done much. She just said, hey, I'm coming after the belt. So I don't know. Mandy Rose is probably the the best bet to win here. And after that, we have got the main event, Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate to unify the NXT and NXT UK championships. Uh, I kind of hope Tyler wins this because I think that Braun would probably get moved up. Ah, you know what? I say that. I think if Vince was still running Raw and SmackDown, Braun would get moved up in a heartbeat. But now I don't really know. I'm not 100% sure where Triple H's priorities right there might be. Um, Tyler Bate, though, I think would be fun as the the overall champion of NXT. I like Tyler Bate a lot. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not super invested in the show, if you can tell. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not super invested in it. Like I said, like NXT has probably been my least favorite of the shows that I have done any kind of paying attention to recently. So, I don't know. I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be a fun show. If I'm going to watch it or not, I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, yeah, that's the that's the review for that. Sorry, guys, I wish I had a little bit more enthusiasm going into this one. But uh, I got to tell you, after this, it's not going to get much better because we're going to talk about AEW's all-out pay-per-view. It has got 15 matches. It's probably going to go for about 46 hours. And it seems it really seems like all of the complaints that people have had about pay-per-views over the last few years in AEW, Tony just keeps making it worse. It's like, hey, 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 why does the show got to be five hours? Why can't the show be like three hours? And Tony's like, oh, you, you want the show to be five hours? You want to be three hours? All right, I'm going to make it six hours. <laughs> All right, t- Tony, fuck, why did you have to have ten matches? Can't we just have like six or seven matches? Oh, you didn't like ten matches? I'm going to do 15. Like, it's fucking... It's absolutely insane. And what's wild is that there's 15 matches on the show, four of them on the pre-show, 11 of them on the main show, according to Wikipedia. But the fucking, there's still so many people that work for the company 
that's not even on this show. That's how many fucking people work at AEW right now. It's insane. Let's go ahead and run through this. I'm going to try not to harp on some of these because there's a couple of these matches that just kind of just blow my fucking mind with ridiculousness. But there is a few matches on the show that I'm actually looking forward to. So let's go ahead and try to blow through this. The pre-show, which looks a little too stacked for its own good. Uh, you've got Tomohiro Ishii taking on Eddie Kingston, which I'm sure is going to be fun as fuck. I'm sure that's going to be 10 minutes of just strong style goodness. Pac is defending the AEW All-Atlantic title against Kip Sabian on the pre-show. That is wild to me. Like, we have been slow burning this story of Kip coming back to action and eyeballing Pac for the last several weeks, and we're going to put that on the pre-show. That's that's kind of wild. After that, we've got Hook defending the FTW title against Angelo Parker. I'm sure that'll be fun shits and giggles, probably lasts about a minute or so. Uh, and then the Jericho Appreciation Society's Ty Mello and Sammy Guevara defend the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championships against Ruby Soho and Ortiz. Let's get to the main card, try to run through these as quick as we can, because uh, there's going to be a couple of them I'm going to want to harp on for a little bit. First, we got Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho, the American Dragon versus the Lionheart. I think of all the matches on the show... This is probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. Probably going to be a very, very good match. Chris Jericho breaking out the Lionheart gimmick recently to go after the world title, which was pretty cool. And I guess he's breaking the Lionheart gimmick out again one more time on this show. And yeah, I'm sure it's going to be really good. I'm actually, I think that's probably going to be the match that I care to see the most. After that, we have got Tony Storm against Britt Baker, against Jamie Hayter, against Hikaru Shida. Fatal four-way for the interim AEW Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa, I guess, got hurt and can't defend her belt, so we're doing another fucking interim belt. It seems like there's always an active interim belt. Like, we had we had an interim uh, TNT title for quite a while. Not too awful long after that, we get an interim world title. Then the second there's no longer an interim world title, now we've got an interim women's title. Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know, man. Tony's over, I guess. I guess Tony Storm over. Britt Baker, ugh, dude, she just made Thunder look stupid after she announced that she had to step away for a while. She just fucking buried Thunder's entire title reign. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, Britt. Like, you got to fucking rein it in a little bit, man. Like, the same shit that Eddie Kingston almost whooped Sammy Guevara's ass over, I'm really surprised Thunder Rosa hadn't tried whooping Britt Baker's ass over the same thing. Because, yeah, like I said, she made she made Thunder look stupid. You know, she says, oh, I'm hurt, so I, I can't defend my title. And then Britt immediately buries that saying, I had a fucking broken arm the entire time I carried the women's title, and I still carried it for a record amount of time. You just fucking, why should I ever care about Thunder Rosa? Thank you, Britt. Like... So she's really bad about that. She really, really is. But yeah, I, I'm not super invested in this match. Tony Storm over, I guess. I don't know. After that, House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews taking on Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. Seems kind of thrown together. I did not watch the last week's episode of Dynamite because I was out with some friends celebrating a good friend's birthday. 
And uh, my wife went back and, and rewatched the show. I did not. I watched one thing, and we'll talk about that later from the show, and it was not anything to do with this. But a lot of these matches are kind of thrown together last minute. Like, literally within the last week, a lot of these matches were made, and I think this is one of those. Uh, I don't know why. I, I know that Miro's got beef with House of Black, so I guess Darby and Sting are like, yo, we ain't got nothing to do, so we got you, Miro. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be fun. I guess Darby, Sting, and Miro are going to go over, though, because fucking... I don't think Sting has lost since he's been in AEW. I think Sting goes over in every match. So I guess uh, I guess the baby faces are going over in this one, unless some wild fuck shit happens. After that, Jay Cargill defending the TBS championship against Athena. I think it's time. We I think we can go ahead and get the belt off of Jade and go ahead and put it on Athena. I think that'd be a a fun little run right there. Uh, I'm sure it'll be an okay match. Athena's Athena's fantastic. I'm sure she can. I'm sure she can get a decent match out of Jade. Jade's been getting better, you know, not getting, I, I talked about this recently, not getting better as fast as I thought that she would, but she is getting better. And I think Athena is probably one of the best women's wrestlers in this company, maybe outside of Serena Deeb. And I think Athena probably is going to do a pretty good job of getting a good match out of Jade. But yeah, I kind of hope Athena goes over in this one, not going to lie. Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. This has been probably the most consistent feud going into this show. Because these two have been talking just mad levels of shit to each other for the last several weeks. And I think this is, yeah, like I said, being built up a lot better and a lot longer than any of these other feuds here. Um, I'm sure Jungle Boy goes over. He has to, right? Like like Christian Cage told him that his fucking dad's dead. Like, you don't, you don't fucking tell a guy he's got a dead dad without getting your ass kicked. Yeah, Jungle Boy's going over. Um, not much else to say about that. After that, Wardlow and FTR are going against Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. I guess this is based around Jay feuding with Wardlow and potentially wanting the TNT title, I guess. And so he got some homies to help him soften up Wardlow, I guess. Uh, it's going to be fun. Motor City Machine Guns, one of the best tag teams in the world. FTR, one of the best tag teams in the world. Wardlow and Jay are going to Wardlow and Jay, which what they do is fun. So I'm sure it'll be a... A fun, solid match. Not a whole lot of compelling story going into it, but not every match needs that. After that, the Casino Ladder Match. Winner receives a future AEW World Championship match. Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, Pinta El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, Andrade El Idolo, Dante Martin, and To Be Determined. I think it's funny how everybody in here is either a tag team or in a stable together except for Dante Martin. So I think that right out of the gate, he should get his ass kicked and just completely thrown out of the ring while the tag teams do their thing. I don't know who the to be determined is going to be. I don't know if it's another new signing. I don't know if it's somebody coming back from injury. I think there's a lot of options there, a lot of options that I haven't really looked into and I probably should have before I clicked record. Uh, I don't know. Give me give me Timothy Thatcher. What's that guy up to? I want I, I was just talking about Timothy Thatcher earlier whenever I saw Imperium. I was like, man, what's what's Tim doing? How has he not been signed to a major contract yet? He is so fucking good. Yeah, give me Timothy Thatcher. I don't know. Uh, as far as who goes over, uh fucking I don't know. I think it'd be fun if Roosh went over. That'd be pretty cool. Roosher Andrade. 
send them after the world title. That'd be really fun. I think last time they did one of these, the oh, I guess it was the face of the revolution match is what I'm thinking of where it was for the TNT title afterwards. That's the one that Wardlow won. I thought that was going to be the case with this one. I, I just now realized it was for the world title. But uh, yeah, I guess face of the revolution ladder match and casino ladder match are different. But yeah, uh, maybe Rusher Andrade over. I think that's probably who I'd rather see. Whoever has the world title after this pay-per-view, I think that they could have a fun program with them. After that tag team title, Swerve in Our Glory defending against the Acclaimed. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like since Keith and Swerve got the belts, like, <laughs> tag team belts haven't really had a lot of heat on them, I feel like, recently. Like, I kind of I kind of forget all the time that these guys are tag team champions. Like, I'll be in the middle of watching the show, like, fuck, who even has the tag team belts? And then these guys come up during an interview, oh, fuck, it's Bask and the Swerve, I forgot. Uh, I don't think the acclaimed get the belts here. I think they've got a good bit of momentum right now doing the whole scissor me thing. And that's got over with the crowd because, because wrestling fans can be really fucking weird sometimes. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think that uh, they've got quite enough momentum to be basking the swerve here. So I'm sure that the champions are going to retain. After that, Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. That's probably going to be a pretty good match. And I think it'd be a hell of a star making performance for Ricky Starks. Uh, looking forward to that one. I know these guys have got a little bit of heat because Ricky dropped the FTW title and Powerhouse Hobbs was like, fuck you, I ain't taking care of you no more. So Ricky's come out and cut some really good promos since then. He's He is one of the best on the mic, and I feel like it's it's kind of unfortunate that we don't get to see it as often as we should. But, yeah, this is this is probably going to be a fun match. I, I think this will, you know, I think next to – Danielson and Jericho, this might be one of my favorite matches of the night, potentially. After that, the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks take on the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, and Hangman Page. This whole thing for this trios championship thing has been such a fucking clusterfuck, right? Because we had, when the tournament started, it was announced that Dark Order was going to be Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and 10, right? Then, I think before they even had their first match, AEW released a graphic that had 10 replaced with a black silhouette. And then they wind up having the match the next week or whatever the fuck on Dynamite or Rampage, wherever it was. And it was 10 with Reynolds and Silver. So it's like they had plans all along to put Hangman in this spot but kept going back on it for some fucking reason. And now we're there and Hangman's in the spot, which... Yeah, just really awkward. Like, they had said, like, they, they shared the fucking graphic of the silhouette next to Reynolds and Silver, and then still had 10. And then a week later, like, oh, now here's, we need to replace 10. It's, I don't know, this whole thing has had me so confused, and it's been such a clusterfuck. Kenny, um, I don't know if it's so much ring rust, or if this is his attempt at telling a story, but it's been kind of awkward watching Kenny in the ring since he got back. I watched the uh, that that first match in the trios tournament with Kenny and the Bucks, and it just uh, I wasn't really into it. I I'm sure that you know that's probably got to be the story, and if it is the story, then he's doing a very good job of it. But if he just has that much fucking ring rust that he just doesn't know where shit is in the fucking ring, something's got to give. I don't know. I haven't. I have not been invested in this. AEW's got too many fucking championships. I'm not into trios championships. Name one company 
where the trios title actually gets treated seriously. Like even ring of honor, the trios title was never that serious, you know, for the longest time. Like whenever villain enterprises had the fucking titles, I kind of just forgot for a long time that those titles even fucking existed. So yeah, trios tournament trios, uh, championships, my bad. I, I don't think are, are ever a good idea because nobody like people say they want them, but then they lose interest immediately after, so I don't really care what happens here. I'm sure the elite's going to win, but I, I don't really care. And then you want to talk about confusing. John Moxley defends the AEW world title against CM Punk. Two weeks ago, they announced last minute that this match is going to take place on Dynamite. Oh, wow, that's wild. What if they're trying to pop a rating or if maybe they know something we don't know, maybe that they're not going to get punk for all out. So they want to go ahead and get them to do business now because there have been all those reports that punk's an asshole. And then they have the match. Punk throws a roundhouse kick, says that he hurt his foot. Mox immediately hits a paradigm shift and pins punk gets the belt, which was wild absolutely fucking wild like we put this this fucking match on free tv and punk just gets demolished and then a week later a steel comes out to the ring cuts a promo tells punk that he has to sign a contract and go back after the title now there were positives in all this i think a steel is probably one of the best talkers in AEW, and it's a shame that this is the only time he ever gets to talk because I did watch that promo. I watched that whole thing. That's the only thing from last week's Dynamite that I watched. And Ace did a very, very good job of selling this whole thing and uh, and kind of motherfucking Punk and slapping him across the face. I thought that was really good shit. And even Punk's promo afterwards was was very good. But why the fuck did we do this match two weeks ago? Like, why did we immediately... And very swiftly take the belt off of Punk to now rerun the match two weeks later on a pay-per-view and Punk gets first dibs. That just seems so wild to me. Like, Hangman didn't get dibs after he lost to Punk, and that was actually a close match. Punk gets fucking destroyed. Like, this this looked like a mirror of CM Punk's UFC career, and he fucking immediately gets a rematch? None of this makes sense to me. I don't... I can't wrap my fucking head around this. And and I have been, uh, you know, I'm, I'm peek behind the curtain a little bit. I've been helping out with a lot of the booking and IWN recently. We've got a show coming up on October 29th. I have been sharing a lot of my opinions on the stuff that we can book. I actually did book one of the matches on the show, and I will be agenting that same match on the show. So my mind has very much been in a booker's mindset on what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And there's certain things that I'm trying to avoid because I don't want them to come off stupid, and I don't want them to come off like a, like we're a shitty indie. This looks like something a shitty indie would do. Like, this makes no fucking sense why did you put this match on free tv demolish punk the way that you did just to give him the rematch at you you so you you had this already uh, give me a, you had this already announced this was going to be the main event all out then you change your mind said no 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 we're going to put it on dynamite and then you do it on dynamite now you don't have a main event for all out and then a week later you go oh never mind this is the main event for all out again why i i cannot for the life of me wrap my head around how this could possibly make sense to anybody in AEW. I can't, I can't, I don't get it. I don't get it. This just seems so stupid to me. Why did you, if you still wanted to go CM Punk and Moxley, 
why did you make them wrestle on Dynamite? I, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any sense. And, and I have, that has been a big problem that I've had with AEW recently. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And so much of AEW has just been making me roll my fucking eyes recently. And I hate it. I told my wife that my relationship with AEW right now is just like the scene in Star Wars Episode Three when fucking uh, Obi-Wan is fighting Anakin and fucking cuts his legs off and he's about to get eaten by the lava and fucking Obi-Wan starts yelling at him like, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring balance to the force, you know? That's how I feel about AEW. They were the chosen ones. They were supposed to give us our, a true alternative to the WWE, a true wrestling brand that we as fans can be proud to be fans of. And I don't think they're doing that right now. Like, it makes so much of what they're doing makes no fucking sense. It really does. And that bothers me because so many wrestlers that I love are in this company I have friends that have come through this company. I want to like it. I want to not even, I want to love it. I want to love AEW. I did love AEW. I went to their second ever show, Fighter Fest in Daytona Beach. I was all in, man. I fucking love this promotion. And it's so weird, the power swing in wrestling right now, because AEW is getting so much worse. And it's... it was the, it's been this whole year. It was like the run up to Cody's last run. All of that was really fucking weird. And like, and Cody was the guy I always praise as having the best storylines in AEW. And then that, this last several months he was in the company, complete opposite was all really fucking weird. And then he leaves. And now from what everybody is under the impression of, obviously I'm not in the booking room. I don't know, but Tony is apparently booking the show by himself. If that's the case, he needs to stop doing that. He needs to get a booking committee. He has so many bright minds in that company. A steel, like we talked about earlier, Dean Maleko, Arn Anderson, so many bright minds in this company that could make some of this shit make sense. And it just doesn't. And that's been my biggest problem. Like this shit doesn't make sense. That has to stop. We have to, sometimes simple is better. And AEW is complicated for the sake of being complicated. And it drives me up a fucking wall. I am probably going to go in and out on this pay-per-view. I don't think I'm going to sit down and watch the whole thing because it's going to be like 26 hours long. Um, and there's fucking like 47 matches on it. I will watch the matches that I do want to watch. Like I said, Brian Daniels versus Jericho is probably going to be really good. Ricky Stars versus Hobbs probably going to be really good. I'm sure the latter match is going to be good. Um, just, yeah, I'm just... God damn it, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But let's go ahead and wrap that up. That is our our review and preview for the weekend. Three huge wrestling shows from three different promotions this weekend. What do you guys think about AEW All Out? Do you think that AEW is just as fucking confusing these days as I do? Do you think NXT is going to be better than I gave it credit for? Whatever you want to say about any of that, you can hit me up on social media at SweetSexyRob, or you can send an email to MainEventHeat at Yahoo.com. I alluded at the top of the show that there were going to be some changes here in the future for Main Event Heat. Let's go ahead and talk about that right now. We are going to be wrapping up Season 2 pretty soon. I don't know exactly when, but it is probably going to be within the next few weeks. We're going to be wrapping up season two and taking a hiatus probably for most the remainder of the year, maybe even all the way into January. We're going to be taking a hiatus and then coming back with season three. 
Now, why we're going to be taking such a big hiatus whenever the hiatus between season one and season two was only six weeks. Why is this potentially going to be a, a two or three month hiatus? I'll tell you guys straight up. And it's like I said at the top of this, this was a lot of wrestling, a lot of shit to consume. I, inst- I usually put these episodes out on Monday, but I did not want to review all three of these shows. I just want I was like, I'm going to review one and then preview the other two and then let everybody that listens fill in the blanks after that. Because it's just a lot. And my world is already so consumed with wrestling. And especially right now, like I said, I've been helping out with some of the booking with IWN. And we're already talking about, you know, we've, we've got this show in October. We're already talking about our next two shows that we have yet to announce. And, and one of those shows that'll be, I believe, taking place next spring is uh, one that I still can't wrap my head around because there's a lot of logistical shit that we've got to figure out with that one. And well, I'm not going to get into any of that right now because it's all, you know, we haven't we haven't announced anything yet. But just, just want you guys to know, with IWN, I have been fucking just grinding it out with them a lot recently. Literally every single day for the last few weeks, I have had very long phone conversations every day going over the booking for these next couple of shows. And... Then I've got the podcast. Then I've got, you know, I still work with Larry Otto. I just traveled to WrestleForce last weekend. I, I'm, I'm trying to, to build the portfolio, and I'm, I'm working with more companies, and, and I'm doing a lot of interesting stuff. And I'm just so consumed with wrestling right now that I need a little bit of a break to kind of reevaluate everything and to get a handle on everything because I I feel like I'm really approaching burnout right now and that's not good. So if, if something has to go for me to combat that burnout, the thing that would make sense would be the podcast. I need to just let the podcast sit on ice for a little bit while I get this taken care of. Now I want everybody to know I do have plans to come back season three. Like I said, very much plan for it to come back. My hope is to come back in January. We might come back sooner. If I'm ready to come back sooner, we'll come back sooner. But my hope is going to be January. And I have got an idea of what the format's going to look like. And it's going to be a little different. As of right now, the plan is to do two episodes a month instead of once a week. We're going to have an episode in the middle of the month and an episode at the end of the month. We're going to take this week's uh, in pro wrestling segment like we're doing today and instead of it being this week in pro wrestling it's going to be this month in pro wrestling and that episode will drop at the end of every single month on main event heat then the episode that we have in the middle of the month will be a toss-up it'll be a top 10 list or it'll be a, a watch along or it'll be if there's a show that happened at the beginning of the month i really want to review it'll be that um you know the reason that i'm doing this is because these current event episodes and these reviews these are the episodes that do really well. These are the episodes that get a lot of numbers. I've, I've been asked recently why I have not done a top 10 list since I think it was like fucking April the last time I did one. They don't do very well. They really don't. I, I thought top 10 lists would, uh, would do very well with podcast listeners because I mean, that's the kind of shit that I like to listen to a lot of the times. But those are my, my worst ranking episodes are the top 10 lists. Those and the, and the watch-alongs are kind of equally... Just don't get listened to that much. So I I haven't been doing either one of them a whole lot recently. So I'm going to pivot because 
according to what I get from the feedback that I see is that this is the stuff people want to hear. People want to hear the current events. They want to hear the show reviews. Those are the episodes to get a lot better numbers. So that's going to be what you guys are going to be getting. And that's going to drop at the end of every month. But yeah, instead of once a week main event heat, you're going to start getting it twice a month. And the hope is in doing that, I probably won't need to take a huge layoff between season three and season four. If we get that far. Let's be honest. I, I've said before, you know, if I didn't get fired from Talking Shop, if I would have just ended it the way that I wanted to end it, I would have never started this podcast. So, you know, and, and the reason for that was because I wanted to get busier with wrestling. It was like my plan was to get busier with wrestling. So I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to keep doing the podcast. I'm getting busier with wrestling now. <laughs> but I still want to do this podcast because I feel like we've really grown something here with main event heat. There is a, a good fan base that listens to the show and I do appreciate each and every one of you that do listen. And it is, it is a decent little outlet for me, but over the next few months, while I'm taking this time off, I'm going to be doing a lot of filming content with IWN. We have got a couple of different shows that we're going to be putting on the IWN app. If you guys have not already downloaded that, you can find it. Uh, I think it's called Independent Wrestling Network app. It is on uh, Google Play and the Apple Store. So you can get it on your mobile device right now. You can already listen to Main Event Heat on there, and you're going to be getting a lot more new shit with me. I think me and Big Mike have been talking about we're going to do this show called Match of the Week where we're going to be reviewing indie matches on the show and just giving our thoughts on them. And we've got a couple of other show ideas we've been talking about. One of them is a little game show that I kind of, I, I guess I'm kind of like the producer for it because I, I told Mike exactly how I thought that it should go and he seemed to agree with me. And I think I'm going to actually be the first contestant on the game show. I think of everything, that's probably the one that I'm most looking forward to is doing that one. But then we've also talked about having just a... Uh, kind of a casual show where we just kind of just shoot the shit and give our shoot opinions on wrestling and, and don't have to hide behind the, the brand or hide behind a sensor. And we can just say what we want to say. We've talked about that being an idea and that kind of does sound a little refreshing. I'm not going to lie. I could look forward to that. Cause you know, it's, it's just having the fact that I'm going to be doing this with more people. Like I'm not only going to have big Mike helping me out, but the people over at IWN are going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. This show I do by myself. Nobody else helps me out with main event. heat. this is all me. And, uh, yeah, just sometimes it can be a lot. I don't want anybody to think that I hate doing the show and I don't want to come back for season three. That's not true whatsoever. I do like doing the show a lot. I've just got a lot on my plate right now. I think most people can understand and respect that. But yeah, we're going to, I think we've got at least one or two more shows that we're going to do here in the month of September. I'm going to try to get to the end of the month. I'm not 100% sure how successful with that I'm going to be. But yeah, by October, we're going to be on a little bit of a break getting ready for season three. But thank you so much to everybody who has listened to this episode and all of the other episodes of Main Event Heat before it. If you guys would like to support the show, the best way you can do that is by either picking up a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers or going to CollarAndElbowBrand.com, picking up a t-shirt from them and using promo code HEAT at checkout to save 10%. Uh, if you would like to follow me on social media, you can do so by finding at SweetSexyRob on Instagram and Twitter. And once again... Thanks for hanging out. <laughs>